I'm talking episode 114A for June 22nd, 2020. This is Joel from the I'm Talking Microcast, where I share my thoughts on a topic that has piqued my interest this past week. This week, we're talking WWDC 2020. So as you may have guessed by now, this is a special edition of the I'm Talking Microcast, and I just finished watching the keynote for WWDC 2020, and I thought I would share some of my thoughts. So in no particular order, but mostly in the order that the show went, I will do my best to make it quick so that it fits in the proper time frame. It was a little bit odd with no one in the audience. Some of the jokes kind of fell flat a little bit because there's no one to laugh with. I watched it by myself. Maybe had I watched it with other people, that might have been different. I think starting out the presentation with Tim and his thoughts on the race problem that has been evident in America for some time and also on this pandemic was interesting and thoughtful. And then the other thing that jumped out at me was that there was no hardware um, talked about really in this episode except for the developer release of the Mac Mini so that people could start working on that. But I was surely hoping for a new update to the iMac. I'm in the market for a new computer as mine recently tanked and thinking a new iMac might be the way I go. But since that wasn't announced, I'll wait and see what happens. And now let me go through the software. To start with, let's talk about iOS 14. Some thought it was going to be renamed to iPhone OS since they've separated the iPad and the iPhone. Doesn't seem like that's the case. But the big thing that many had been wanting, myself included, were widgets on the home screen. And that has come. And, and they added a little thing in the middle of their presentation about smart stacks that looks like it could be pretty interesting. And overall, it looks like it may change the way I set up my phone. I have lots of groups, try to limit the number of pages that I actually have with the most used apps on the homepage, those kind of things. But I definitely will be using widgets and the app library page, I think will be very useful. It'll be interesting to see how good their smart machine learning is for putting it my apps in the proper groups. And then the picture-in-picture -picture video, I have the iPhone 11 Pro Max, so that might work for me. Smaller screens, maybe not so much. But overall, very, very big changes to iOS 14. Really looking forward to those front-facing changes and making my phone a little more to my liking as I turn it on and see the screen that I would like to see with my own apps, my own widgets, my own information. So that would be pretty cool. There was some talk about improvements to Siri, and that's all well and good. I think Siri needs some big help, um, and so it'll be nice to, to see if they can make some of those changes over time. And the Translate app looks like a pretty interesting idea. It's already available through Google and, and maybe others, so not sure if that's a big deal. The Messages update. Looks pretty cool. I know that I have a few people, mostly my kids, my wife, that I talk to regularly. Sometimes 
I don't text them enough for them to be at the top. And so being able to pin conversations, being able to, in a group chat, talk to just one person in that group before we broadcast information to the entire group looks like a pretty cool idea. So those are good improvements to the messages app. And I'm looking forward to that as I go forward and hopefully be able to install the beta here in a few weeks. They also talked about improvements to the Maps app, and so that's fine. Um, I use Maps quite a bit, nothing fantastic, it's just what I use. Uh, but the thing that really stuck out to me is that the person who made that part of the presentation was sitting. I, I assumed as I looked at the chair that it was actually a wheelchair, and if it is a wheelchair, it looked like one of the coolest wheelchairs I've ever seen. I have a nephew who is confined to a wheelchair, and and I wanted to see that thing work. Um, I kind of forgot to listen to the maps update as I was trying to figure out her chair. But if anyone saw more than that, it'll be interesting to see as I read the other people's thoughts on, on the presentation. And if anyone else noticed that, what I noticed about that chair. The last thing from iOS 14 that I was going to talk about is app clips. They talked about the app store and making it better. And, you know, maybe they have. It's a tough place to find things. But app clips look like an interesting idea, being able to use just a part of an app when you need it. And it really never downloads to your phone. I'm not 100% sure how that works, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays in reality. The next software they went into is the iPad OS 14 and not a lot of things jumped out at me there. I think some that I listen to in regular podcasts are going to be disappointed and maybe there's more details that will come out in the coming week of changes to that. Universal search looks kind of interesting, so we'll see how that goes. But the big thing that I saw was the use of a pencil and oftentimes when I'm using my iPad and I have my pencil then the internal keyboard pops up if I don't have my smart keyboard on it. And then I have to type on the glass and that can be okay, but it kind of gets in the way because it hides much of the screen. So being able to use the scribble and the handwriting recognition, being able to select words in handwriting and copying them as text to somewhere else. Um, lots of really cool things in there. Shapes looks like a really neat thing for improving my ability to take notes um, on the iPad when I want to use the pencil. And so really looking forward to using that in the very near future. The next thing I want to talk about is watchOS, some of the ideas on complications and being able to have multiple complications from the same vendor. That looks like a pretty cool thing to do. Sharing faces, um, I think would be neat. I think that uh, there are times when I have been at my son's house and babysitting my granddaughter, there are tools that he uses and him having a face that says, hey, this is a great face to use while you're here watching Peyton. That would be fun to share. So that's pretty cool. The workouts app looks like they're changing the name to fitness. Sounds like a pretty good idea. Um, didn't see much in the new exercises that it's going to track there was one that jumped out at me called functional strength that looked like a pretty interesting one. I'll be interested to see what that looks like. The dance one holds nothing for me. The next thing they talked about was the health and the sleep tracking. I have two watches that I 
wear regularly. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe I can do sleep tracking by wearing one of those at night and, and seeing how that works. And then that hand washing thing, uh, was that just added last minute? Kind of interesting, but also a little strange. They spend a little bit of time talking about privacy and, and they have to do that. That's core to what Apple does. And many of the things they announced, they had privacy angles to it. So um, it was interesting just to hear a little more about that. Um, not much change to the TV OS. Um, that's kind of too bad. I think there's some changes that could be made that could make it easier to use and easier to search and find the things you may want to watch. And But not much change there. In the home app, which I use a lot, I, I have a number of smart home things. One of the things that I thought was interesting was the adaptive lighting. Kind of reminds me of the thing that they do on the iPhone and the iPad where the brightness of your screen is kind of based on the time of day and the ambient light. Seems like maybe they're adding something like that to your home and your smart lights. And so a little bit there, but not too much. Um, the fact that they're working with other people, including Amazon and Google to make home automation a little more useful to make maybe it a little, a little more useful across platforms would be nice. And we'll see where that goes in the future. The next software they talked about was Mac OS. And as always, Craig is pretty funny about talking about how they come up with the name. And so the new name is uh, Big Sur, which is another California landmark. And they've done a lot of things, uh, at least as they told us in the presentation, of making it a lot better in its design. And I guess I'll have to see it. Right now, I don't have anything in my life that will run it because my computer broke, as I had mentioned at the beginning. So that'll be a while before I see anything coming out of uh, Big Sur. But the control center, the notification center, the widgets and those updates, kind of more aligning with the iOS version, making things a little more seamless across platforms look good. And that goes right into the apps they talked about, messages and maps and Safari, just making those more useful. So that was good to see. And um, I won't be seeing that in the near future unless I decide to buy a new computer, but we'll see where that goes. And now on to the really big announcement of the whole day. And that is the Macs moving to Apple's own silicon, their own design chips. And I think that's been rumored for a while now, and, and so it really wasn't um, a surprise. Um, the common architecture, Apple being able to control everything, hardware, software just makes things work better. Um, it's something that I think everyone in the Apple community expected to happen at some point. So it looked pretty cool um, being able to run iOS apps on your Mac. I don't know if that's necessary because most of those are touch. I'm not sure how that's going to work. But they are doing another Rosetta emulation. When I came onto the Mac, as just before they trans uh, transferred to Intel or um, changed to Intel. So I'm a little bit familiar with the, the Rosetta system. And so it looks pretty cool the way they're going to do that. Um, the fact that they're using a Mac Mini as their transition hardware for their developers. I'd heard discussions about what computer would be used for that. Sounds like uh, that's the direction they decided to go. Um, and the fact that their first products with their own silicon are supposed to be coming at the end of this year, that's really quick. I, and especially in the times in which we live, that's fast. And 
I'm in the market for a new computer. And now I'm like, oh, do I wait? What, what's my decision process going to look like? I'm going to have to wait to see um, what they announce. And they're really thinking that the transition to their own silicon is going to take a couple years, although Tim was quick to point out that they'll support the Intel platform for years to come. The one thing that I thought was really cool thrown in at the end by Craig was that all of the Mac demos that they did throughout the presentation were done on Macs that were running on their own Apple Silicon, and you would not have known had he not told you that. The fact that they already have their pro-level apps ready to go is pretty impressive, and it'll be interesting to see what developers think, because there's a lot of touting that there will be easy transition for your apps, only take me maybe a couple days, whatever. I'm not a developer, so I'm not sure. But I think this is uh, something that is going to increase the performance of Macs. It's going to help tremendously as Apple moves forward with their software and hardware tie-in, much like it does on the iPhone, the iPad, the watch, and many other places and products that they make. And then for those of us who are crazy, the public betas are coming in July. They didn't say 1st of July, end of July. I'm thinking probably more like the end of July, so we may have a month or so to wait. And for the first time, they're bringing the public beta to the watch. Um, because I'm who I am, I'll probably run it, but I won't do it without being quite nervous. And So that's kind of my rundown of WWDC 2020. I hope to make it kind of short and quick. You won't really understand everything I talked about if you don't spend some time watching the presentation yourself, but it'll be interesting to see what the pundits write over the next days. And of course, I will be reading and listening to all of that over the following weeks and months. So until I resume my normal broadcast, this is Joel from the I'm Talking Microcast. <laughs>